We're going to start with a nice word on Pashas Lech Lechu. The Seifer Chazon Yishai, he brings a word from Ebrechmiel Mimognitzer, Olderich Avoida. He said, when somebody wants to serve Hashem, very often the destination that he wants to, uh, that he's aspiring to, that closeness to Hashem, that Madraga that he wants to achieve, it looks so far away. And he looks at it like, you know, it's a Derech Rechoyke. How is he going to get there? And we know the Torah tells us, what happens is when a person just starts doing the right thing slowly, Hashem makes that what looked so far away really becomes much closer. And now his new aspirations are the new things that look far away. And the Hashem will be able to get there as well. So Hashem was telling Avram Avini, you're going to see that that which looks to you like Shemayim will very shortly, very soon become Uretz. I'll show you that it's really Uretz. It looks to you like it's the heavens and really that's the earth. And all you have to do is just start going, start coming closer to Hashem, start doing the right thing. It's, it's a great lesson for so many things in life, so many situations in life, so many different areas, topics that people struggle with. And it looks like it's so unachievable. It looks like it's, it's, so, it's happening so long already and it's so unrealistic to assume that anything is going to change and how do I get there? And you know, when people are invested and they do the right thing, small moves, small communication, small behavior changes, attitude changes, um, they see that things that they thought may have been so far away really are much closer than they thought. So let me read a letter that somebody wrote. Dear by Gruen, perhaps there are two issues I need to address in this letter. In short, after being married for over 25 years, um, with with periods of successful parnasa, my husband now doesn't have a job for the past X amount of time. He lost his job a while ago. He's been very passionate about making money in a certain way. Again, I'm, I'm leaving out all the details, both because they're identifying and because they're irrelevant. Um, and he's been successful at one point, but then he lost a lot of money, and he had a fear, and he, he got a fear, a tremendous fear of continuing this way of making money. Since then, it's been quite a few years, he's tried doing other things, he spent days, months, and years doing this without anything to show for it. He always promised he would make it big, but after all this time, he doesn't have much to show for it. After discussing this time and again, he agrees that he needs to stop pursuing this uh, new method that's not bringing much. He has decreased his hours of being involved in this from X amount to X amount. I still feel that he's wasting his time, but he can't seem to stop. The first problem is that it's a waste of time and it's hard to respect him without him making a livelihood. I feel he's irresponsible. The second problem is that he's home all day since he started doing this um, and he has internet in the house, which I don't agree is good for the family and even if it's locked, the children, the older children, know that it's there. Additionally, I understand that if he stops being involved in this, he needs to fill his time with something else and at this age, he has no clue what he could do for a living at this point. I do understand him, but my exasperation is at its peak and really a problem for me on a daily basis. Please share any advice. Okay, so I could try. The first thing I want to say, and it's one of my um, often mentioned disclaimers, but in this case, just again, it always hits me. I always feel like it would be irresponsible for me to just go on and start answering this question without clarifying that I don't know much about what's really happening in this situation. That's the truth. I mean, if somebody doesn't have a panosa or, or is not making any money for a few years, you know, are you people eating? Are you stealing? Is there support? Is there some savings? Um, is somebody involved? Is somebody helping him? Is there somebody to go to? Like, obviously, there's a lot of details missing, which is fine. I'm just, I'm just clarifying that, that you know, things might sound a little different if I knew more details. Um, obviously, part of my answer will involve 
I'm going to going to someone to get some help to help you out of a situation that you or your husband don't know how to resolve on your own. Um, and in general, again, just as a disclaimer, this is one of the things that you have to know. Writing an email to me and hearing a class online, forget about the fact that you can wait a few months for the answer maybe, but it's not a way to really uh, fix a situation or a difficulty somebody's dealing with. It's nice to get ideas, and Hashem, I feel wonderful when people stop me in the street or wherever it is, or, or feedback, and people tell me, you know, this year, that year, or, or in general, you sure really helped me a lot. But when you're dealing with a crisis or a real difficult situation, especially one that's going on for a while, it would be irresponsible and unreasonable to assume that by sending in a question to somebody who doesn't know you and doesn't know what's going on, you know, a situation will turn around like that. So I, I just, I always feel that it's, it's, it's uh, only responsible to clarify that. So let's start with just understanding the issue, right? understanding what you're dealing with. It, it's so important to have a healthy perception of what you're dealing with. Now, sometimes people don't know what they're dealing with, and they just ramble, and then, and then you know, part of the feedback and part of the help they get by talking to somebody is breaking it down, realizing which parts are a problem, which parts not a problem, how many problems are there, whose problems are there. These are things that are very important. And without that, it often it often turns into a mumble-jumble of issues and difficulties and challenges and, and heartache and aggravation and, and everything else that just it becomes unresolvable. And sometimes that's what keeps problem and problems in place. On a very basic level, breaking this down, um, I think it's, it's pretty obvious, but your husband's wasting his time, let's call it, is his problem. It could be very disturbing to you and it could be you know, something you don't like, you want to help him with, or something you can't handle, but it's his problem. It might, it might not be even, it might not even be something that you want to address with him together or focus on. Maybe you want to be creative and come up with other solutions about that. But that's his problem that he's wasting his time, and it's a big problem, by the way. Um, the fact that you have a difficulty respecting him, that your exasperation, that that's your problem. It might, ha- it might have nothing to do with him, which means I understand that. I, I see where it's uh, related and intertwined. But many people out there have problems respecting a spouse and they feel exasperated about different difficulties in their lives and it's a personal issue what, what can I do to help myself when I'm feeling this way then there's the income and the financials which is his responsibility but it does affect both of you and then there's the internet at home which might be affecting the children which definitely um, does affect both of you so I don't know if this is like I said if it's going to be easy to resolve this whole situation very soon but at least breaking it down allows you to find some direction and know the small steps to take and that which seemed so uh, unachievable might just be a little a little easier. In general, when somebody's dealing with a situation that has a bunch of little parts to it, it's important to pick up on which parts are the most important to address right away, which ones could be fixed the soonest, which solutions will help which problems, and, and what's worth pursuing even though it won't solve everything. So that's just, again, um, you know, when you mix it all together, it just becomes so complicated. It turns into a shown bias problem, which essentially uh, it's not even... It wasn't even mentioned. Um, it's, it's everything else, and, and there's no reason for it to be that. One more thing, just on talking about understanding the issue, and on a personal level before addressing what to do about it, is being realistic. You ended off with something that you know it, I'm impressed with. Some people um, don't realize that, that. You know, at his age, what could he really do? What could he do? And also in the middle, you wrote something about he can't seem to stop. It's so important to be realistic. So often we have these unrealistic expectations of somebody... He should stop. He should be responsible. He should get out of this. He should do that. He should do this. He should drive a bus. He should go for a degree. And sometimes these things are either unrealistic just because of, you know, by the time somebody's this age, it's not possible, um, or because it's just not happening. 
It's not happening. Now, like I said before, sometimes the Shemayim turns into the Oretz uh, relatively quickly, and things that you thought couldn't happen, you should pursue them anyway, but, but you have to be realistic um, whenever you're pursuing anything. And sometimes it's those expectations or those hopes that people hold on to that just make them crazy and make them unhappy and make them uh, you know, resentful and, and, and hopeless. So that's just another, another idea that you always want to, knowing your situation, knowing your spouse, knowing what's going on, you want to know uh, what's, what's realistic about this. So let's, let's talk a little about, uh, briefly, try to be brief, uh, about resolving some of this. The parts that are your husband's parts, and again, this is not only for this situation, obviously everyone, the parts that someone else's, he's wasting his time, he's not being productive, um, it, like I said before, it might be best to just ignore because it's his issue. Maybe when he brings it up, or maybe when it's hitting him in the face and he wants to do something about it, that's when you'll be able to help him with it. But until then, maybe ignore it. Or maybe be creative and have a friend or a chavrusa or a cousin or a brother-in-law or a neighbor uh, try to occupy him or, or get him involved in something. Very often when a wife you know, discusses this with a husband when it's really his issue and he's feeling bad enough about it and now she's putting it in his face and he knows what she thinks about him, you know, he's good for nothing, that's... That's often not helpful. So if you want to help him with his issue, do it in a respectful way while remembering that it's his issue and not yours. You, you shouldn't be taking responsibility for it. You shouldn't, make him, you shouldn't be making him feel accountable to you for his thing. And, and sometimes with some creativity and some roundabout and not direct approach, you'll get further about that. Um, the parts that are your own issues, like I said before, sometimes you want to get your own help. Maybe if you'll have would event too or just hash it out with and discuss it with, you'll get a new perspective. Maybe it will be easy for you to overcome these exasperated feelings and this resentment and this, uh, you know, and, and, and the difficulty you have respecting your husband. That's something you might want to deal with on your own. So if that's going to resolve something and you want to start over there, if you're going to talk to someone, it's going to help you on a personal level. That's that's wonderful. As I always say, and I'm sure a lot of my listeners are expecting me to throw in, don't talk to someone who's going to make this into a bigger problem than it is, or someone who's going to explain to you and and. Uh, you know, convince you that every problem that you're experiencing is really your husband's fault, and that's why the therapist is absolved from really uh, solving anything. Uh, don't, don't make that mistake. The things that are shared, like I said, whether it's the financial part, the panosa part, which I, I don't know many details about, or the chinuch and those things, those are the things that, you're on the, that, that, you, that you should and want to do together. Now when I say together, I often mention, it's all, it's all about what you could do, so I'll tell you what you could do to try to resolve this together. I don't think that, that you should take matters into your own hands, right? When, especially when it comes to chinuch of your children. And I don't think you're responsible or that you even should take matters into your hands when it comes to um, providing for the family, if, if that's the question. In general, unless you could and you want to. I don't mean to tell anyone not to. I'm saying that's where, that's where you need a joint uh, effort. So how do you get there? So one of the things that you want to do is uh, timing. We talk about this all the time. It's, commu- it's communication and timing. That's what it starts with, knowing how and when to bring this up. If you're going to bring this up when you're frustrated or in the wrong time, you're probably not going to get uh, many good results. In, in a calm moment, in a calm moment, if you're ready to communicate about this respectfully, the right way, and talk about it, and verbalize it, and say it the way it is, then you might get somewhere if you do it the right way. If you're going to rely on mind reading, or, but I said it so many times, or doesn't he realize, or uh, everyone knows, those are things that many people make the mistake of assuming that they're communicating, or or assuming that they don't have to communicate, and that's obviously not going to help anyone. So if you're dealing with a situation and it's getting very stressful and very frustrating and it's involving a lot of different details, you want to sit and talk to your husband about it the right way, about the right 
topics, the right points, the right parts that could be resolved uh, when you communicate about this the right way. I would break it down. Again, I like coming up with systems and, and sciences for people who uh, are used to hearing my, my shurim. So it, it's ideas that we spoke about many times, but let me just break it down this time into four points about how to communicate to your husband about this. And I think this is relevant for so many people dealing with difficult situations in general. Um, let me first say what the four points are and then try to explain them. And I'll be brief. The communication, communicating, communication should be about yourself. You're talking about yourself. The issue that you're dealing with is a technical issue. The approach that you want to take and that you're suggesting is united. And the solution that you're suggesting is specific. So let me, let me, let me go through those four points briefly. When you communicate to your husband about the issues of his not having a job or not making money or wasting time or internet or anything like that, make sure it's not about him. It's not you're doing nothing or you're having a bad influence on the kids or you're wasting your, nothing about you. It's not even about the issue. It's not that everyone knows that this is not the way it should be. Or I disagree in theory. No, it, that becomes, whether it's attacking or it becomes a debate and an argument and a conflict, it's about me. I feel, or I would appreciate, or it would mean a lot to me if things were this way. And if you're very clear about the fact that it's about you and your feelings, there's so little to, to debate about. It's not about right and wrong, and it's nothing personal either. It's how I feel about a situation and, and what I feel strongly or what's important to me or what would be meaningful to me or what it would mean so much to me if we could do something about this. When you're clear about the fact that you're communicating about yourself, it just goes over so much better. Now, of course, it's the tone and there's ways to mess that up too, but that's, that's just one big rule when it comes to talking about anything um, sensitive, which this topic does sound somewhat sensitive. Um, the issue that you're describing, again, is nothing personal, it's not between you and him. It's not that the way I want and the way you want. And, and it's not that he caused it. It's, it's a technical issue. I feel that because we are tight about money. We are tight about money. It's a technical issue. I feel that because uh, we're trying to budget but it's getting difficult. That's a technical issue. I feel that because the children know that there's internet in the house and they have questions and they're getting mixed messages. Right? It's a technical issue. It's about the kids. It's about the thing that's happening. It's, it's, it's not about right or wrong, and it's not about blaming or debating. So again, you're talking about how you feel about an issue. Very important. Step three that I said was that the approach should be united. I feel that we should do something about it. It's not that I feel that the issue is a problem, and that's why you have to. You don't have to do anything, and I don't either. It's not just about me either. It's that we, I feel that we should do something. This, this takes in the part about it could be that I'm part of the blame and it could be I should do things differently as well and I'm open to hearing what you have to say that I could do better. When you're in it together, not taking all the responsibility at all, but you're in it together and many of your suggestions are about we and us, very, very often that's, that's taken much better even though, even though some people say, well, why should I? It's his issue, he caused it and you might be right. But again, if you're looking to accomplish something, it's important that you, that you present it as something about us. It's a joint effort, and automatically it makes someone feel better when you're not coming to um, you know, give him a speech about what he's doing or what he should be doing or what he's doing wrong. It's about us dealing with a technical issue that we both admit and acknowledge that, that we want to solve. Um, the fourth point, which not everyone could do, but if you're suggesting a solution and you're being specific, that's your best bet to having something happen. Something. I spoke about this in one of my Chalimah um, classes lately on Kamavasa where some people just like to throw problems. 
This is an issue. Something has to be done. What should be done? I don't know. It has to be taken care of. It's your... I, or, or even when it's not your issue, the person's not even blaming you, but they just throw it in the air. Like, it's crazy what's going on. Something has to happen. Like, what should be done? I don't know. Hashra. Throwing problems and not giving solutions or not being specific about what you're suggesting is very often not uh, helpful. So, if your solution is that I feel that maybe we could pursue a, another uh, job or, or look into something together, even though it really means that he's taking the job, but it means that we're doing it. Well, I feel that we should discuss this with somebody who could guide us. Like this, we're discussing it together and let that person suggest something to your husband. Well, I feel that we should brainstorm every night or go on walks and talk about this until we've come up with something specific. Even if your husband doesn't like the suggestion you're going to be offering, very often the fact that you came up with something specific and he doesn't want to accept it, he might want to come up with something else. And that's also something that, that might just get you both into a better track. So that was just um, four points about how to present something in a way. And again, presenting the right topics, not the ones that are irrelevant or not your business, I think you, you'll get furthest. On a personal note, on a personal note, um, it's, it's, it's important, again, like, like I start over, I don't know your situation. Are you eating only milk all week long because there's no money at home? Now, I'm assuming it's not the case. My point is just that if you are, then maybe you're tolerating and enabling a problem because if you're going along with it, then maybe that's what's, that's what's keeping your husband stuck. Maybe if you're bringing in the earnings and you don't want to for whatever reason and you're not obligated to and, and all the bills are being paid, then that's what's keeping him stuck from finding a job because everyone, everything's being taken care of. And many other such things, right? And same thing with having the computer at home. Again, I'm, I'm not your rov, I'm your derech, or madrech. It's something you want to discuss with someone to make sure you're doing the right thing. It's just on a personal level. My point is, are you enabling this? So often people don't realize where they're actually working along and thereby being nice and tolerating, and think and they think they're being nice, and they think they're doing the right thing, and really they're, they're adding to a problem. So again, there could be so many more details, and I don't want to go into the, all the possibilities that I'm reading between the lines. My point is just that sometimes, when something is somewhat dysfunctional or problematic, it's always good to realize, am I, am I doing something about this? Or should I be doing something different just on a personal level, and that would really change what's happening here? Even before I communicate about it. And sometimes that's part of your communication. If we can't resolve this issue in a healthy and happy way that works for both of us, I'm afraid that going forward, I won't be able to X, Y, Z any longer, which again, it's not about you, it's about me. It's about how I feel, the difficulty I'm having with what's going on, and what I could do about it on my own. It's not a threat. It's a natural technical consequence without using the word consequence, but the point is that you know, if we can't come up with something that's going to change, I'm afraid that going forward, I'm not going to, be, I'm not going to feel comfortable continuing to do this and this, or covering for you, or, or etc. Et so again, this is again. I, I, whenever I talk about this topic about consequences and boundaries, and I, I, I often get, I, I often try to make sure that people realize that this is not something you should do on your own, and it's a bit sensitive, and sometimes you'll be misinterpreting or uh, misapplying this this type of advice. But you, if you talk about it, if you discuss it with someone, to make sure that you're you're doing the right thing and seeing the right thing, then sometimes the right thing to do will be to protect your boundary and make sure that someone else's lack of whatever it is doesn't affect you personally. Now again, your husband might be the best guy in the world, you might be totally misinterpreting this, you might have caused this, I have no idea. He might be incapable, it might not be realistic, it might not be practical, it might not be correct. Everything I said was just based on you know, the flow of the information we were giving till now, where somebody is not doing what they should, and you're trying to help them um, do the right thing. I'll just end off by saying that you said it's hard to respect a husband 
just this past week in my Bukhram Shir, Arav Bakr asked a question about, it's hard to respect my father. He's a good for nothing. I don't see the good in him. I don't see where, whatever. I don't, I don't have reason to respect him. We're not going into the, at length, but yes, you respect parents regardless, and you respect the husband regardless. Maybe for two different reasons, but you do. And um, you'd be surprised what an effect it could have on somebody when he feels that he's respected, even though he knows that he's not so happy with what he's doing, or he's not so happy with himself. You'd be surprised how much of this is because he's feeling down and depressed and whatever it is, that maybe a wife's respect could help. Like I said, the fact that you're exasperated, you know, maybe you have to do something about it just on a personal level. To have the stamina and the willpower to overcome those frustrating feelings. But respecting a husband shouldn't depend, I know it does sometimes and it's not easy, but shouldn't depend on how much money he's bringing in and how he's doing the right thing every day. And sometimes, you know, that's what, uh, that's what can really be helpful. So just to summarize, like I tried starting to do this here, summarizing the points, um, again, just starting with the fact that I don't know anything about you, and I'm just dealing with what you're writing to me, it's important to break down the situation, take it apart, realize which parts have anything to do with you, which parts only have to do with you, which parts have nothing to do with you, which parts you could solve together, um, and then knowing how to address each one and communicate about them respectfully. Communicate, again, about yourself um, in, in a technical way, suggesting something united and specific, and then remembering that maybe the, there are parts of it that you're causing or should not be enabling, and to be respectful. And Naibish yourself, like we started off with, there are things that sometimes look like Shamayim, like, oh, after so many years and so many problems and so many points and so many, so many details over here, you know, it's, it's, it's so complicated, is this ever going to be resolved? Naibish yourself, it could, be, it could become Eretz, um, quicker than you thought when you do the right thing and you turn to Hashem. And when I wish yourself uh, with the right amount of communication, understanding, respect, and feeling, um, get to a place of living together.